Welcome to the Sleep Fairy Way podcast. I'm your host, Jessalyn Romney, a baby sleep consultant and a mother of four. I'm here to teach you everything I know about baby sleep, motherhood, postpartum, and more. I'm so happy you're here. Christy holds a special place in my heart. There was a time in 2018 when I was drowning in motherhood. I was absolutely drowning in motherhood. And that's when I found Christy. And here she is. She's here. Hi. (laughs) Um, And that's when I found Christy. And she pulled me out of a very, very, very dark place. So I'm so excited for you to be here, Christy. (laughs) Okay, but I'm already going to call you on something. Like I gave you some tools and you pulled yourself out of the dark place. Okay, okay, fair enough. You gave me all the tools I needed (laughs) to pull myself out of a dark place. And it was like even a time when I experienced my first like hate comments on my page Mm. and you pulled me out of that. And there was just so much going on. (laughs) It was perfect. And I took so many notes during that time. And I have pulled out that notebook so many times. And I tell my husband, I need an hour, like just lock the door. I need to go through this. I need to do some thought downloads. And anyway, so I'm just so excited and I'm just, I'm here to learn from you. We're all here to learn from you. So I am just going to hand it over. I'll comment and you know, Add little bits here and there. there are questions coming in. Yes. I will keep an eye on the questions. I made sure my comments are on. Can someone just type hi just to make sure? Um, And then I also am going to save this. So if people miss it, they should be able to go back and watch it. And then I know you have a free resource for everybody at the end. So stick around so you can grab that. End. Yes, I will. I will. Okay. okay. I see. Okay. Yes. I see the comments coming in. So comments are on and we okay. are ready to roll. So go for it. Okay. So I was looking through some of your comments that you sent me from listeners and I just got just like you did all fired up about this. I have I so know. much to say because feeling guilty all the time is a huge extra load to carry around with you. And no mom needs that. There are plenty of real things to carry around. With yeah. You. Motherhood's hard enough. <laughs> right. Like keeping people alive. That's plenty, right? Right. There. Right. It's a so, big deal. <laughs> so sometimes guilt pretends like it's going to be helpful, right? We think if we feel guilty, then maybe we'll somehow be better than we were. But just notice that the opposite is true. Because when you're feeling guilty, you are beating yourself up, you're feeling discouraged, and you're actually less likely to be the kind of mom you want to be. So So, we're going to talk about that today, about how to not have to carry that weight around with you. And the first thing that it's really important that you understand is that your brain doesn't always tell you the truth. Okay, experts (laughs) estimate that there are like, we have like 50,000 thoughts a day or something absurd like that. And not all of the things that pop into our brains are equally valuable. Some of the thoughts are really helpful and valuable, and some are complete nonsense. Mm -hmm. And so you are the supervisor of your brain. Your brain is just a tool that works for you, and it will offer you its ideas, and then you ultimately have the power to say, yes, thank you, I think I'm going to believe that, I think I'm going to hang on to that, or you can say, "Mm, that doesn't really work for me, I don't even think that's true, thanks for your opinion, but I'm going to just let that one keep going. Right, I'm just going to stop you for a second, because that alone, like, blew my mind, I was like, wait, I get to choose whether or not I believe (laughs) what's going on in my mind, because it it feels so true, all of it feels real. Totally. So, So, yeah, I just had to throw that out there, it's so good. Mind-blowing, just that one little part of it. 
Yeah. And, and to realize that we have the power over it. Like, in fact, we have the responsibility to sort through all the information that our brain is giving us and decide which ones we want, which things we want to keep. Right. So the very first suggestion I would offer you, if you're suffering from mom guilt, is to take a look, start learning to just observe all the thoughts that pop into your brain. Be just kind of this observer, this watcher of your brain. And then start sorting through and maybe challenging some of those thoughts and see if they're even true. So I picked out a couple from your comments. Somebody said, I feel like I feel guilty because I think my baby's poor sleeping is my fault. Okay, so that's just a thought that her brain offered her. Well, maybe we right. could solve the problem by thinking it's your fault. But is that true? No. That's and not that helpful. True. Yeah. No. It's not helpful or right. true. So right. we can just say, mm, well, okay, I see see where you're coming from there, brain, but that's not really true or helpful. So thank you. We're going to just let that one go. You right. just don't have to believe that. Because right. if you weren't there taking care of your baby, I guarantee your baby would not be better off. Right? So totally. It's just not true. Um, I could maybe, okay, so maybe I can already hear this person saying, yeah, but if I did these things better, then maybe my baby would be sleeping better. Right. And as a sleep consultant, that's what I hear all the time. And part of me is like, well, let's change that. And let's, let's give you the tools to teach them. And that's fine. But don't dwell on the past, what the things that have happened in the past. And by telling yourself, oh, no, this is my fault. That is the thing that keeps you discouraged and doesn't make you want to progress. It just makes you want to be stuck. Right. And feel Okay, so not helpful. We can just analyze that one, let it go. Or here was another one. Um, I should be focused on my children 100% of the time or I'm not a good mom. That's not true. Yeah. Right? And we all have that thought. Every mother I know at some point has had that thought and it's never been true for any of us. Totally. Because that's impossible. And also, if I 100% focus on my kids and 0% on myself or my husband, I am not a good mom. No, I am grumpy as all get out and I don't want to be around them. And so I'm snappy. Like if I take time for myself and, you know, for work and all the other things, then I feel like I'm so much better of a mom when I'm with them because I'm excited to be there. Right. So So. when your brain offers you that one and it will over and over again. Yep. So the best strategy is to just acknowledge it. Like we don't want to just put our fingers in our ear and say, la, 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 I'm not going to listen to that. I'm just going to believe happy thoughts. Because then your brain will keep shouting louder and louder until you listen to it and acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. And so a better strategy is just to be like, "Mm, yeah, I see what you're saying there. I'm not falling for that one because I know that that's not true. So your opinion has been noted. And I, as the supervisor, that one's out of there. Yeah. And I know that as, because you're an expert in this, I think that you've had a lot of practice and it's easy to do that. When I, I remember when I was starting out with you, I was like, I don't even know how to stop my thoughts. By the time I recognize that they're thoughts, the feelings are already there. I'm already so deep. So you taught me to get, and I am a pen and paper kind of person. And I kept a notebook on my kitchen counter. And anytime I had thoughts, I would write them down. And at the end of the day, I would go through them. And that is how I started recognizing my thoughts. So if you are needing a tool to figure out how to even recognize your thoughts or where to start, that's what I had to do. I had to write it down because I didn't know it wasn't that easy for me. Yep. Journaling is the thing that I've found most effective for all of my clients. There's something about the act of getting out of your brain and onto a paper that just helps you to see everything more clearly. Yeah, totally. So, and then it'll sound like a conversation with yourself in your head. Like I actually have a sister who says she sits in the bath at night and has a conversation with herself (laughs) out loud. Yeah. And her brain will say these things and she'll say, 
yeah, but did you notice all the good things I did? I did this, this, and this. And sometimes even saying them out loud to herself so that, she, so that they feel believable. It's perfect. Whatever so. works for you, do it. Yep. Find your system. Yep. Okay. The second thing I want to make you aware of is that there is no such thing as being enough. You had so many comments on there about people feeling like they weren't doing enough or they weren't good enough or yep. had the word enough in them. And there really is no such thing as yeah, like who defines enough, right? Yeah. Your brain, your brain does not have like a finish line in there. Mm -hmm. It just keeps saying there's not enough. So if you can imagine like you're running a marathon and you think the finish line is at the end of the 26.2 miles and you get there and the person in charge of the finish line says, mm, no, you're, you're still breathing. You're still alive. I think you have <laughs> more to going. give. We're going to move the finish line now. Right. Yeah. And you, then you have no way of knowing where the finish line is going to be right. and it will just perpetually move. So your brain really does do that. It will mm -hmm. keep telling you you're not enough unless you as the supervisor decide to set a limit and say, okay, I'm going to do these three things as a parent today. And if I accomplish those, I'm enough. Like I have done enough. <laughs> and when I was in the depths of drowning in my motherhood, mine mm -hmm. were keep my children alive, mm -hmm. feed them three meals and make them brush their teeth before bed. It's like, if I did those things, and I would consider I the won. last one a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> I think if everybody is alive, that's true. Sometimes that is you're winning enough. Totally. Yep. yep. So you have to decide and you have to be realistic when you decide what enough is. Like, yep. If you decide that I am never going to, I am not once going to lose my patience with my kids that might not be a realistic thing. And then yeah. you would never be enough. So set your finish line somewhere that's very concrete and that is realistic and accomplishable. Mm -hmm. And then everything else can just be a bonus. And you can tell yourself, not only did I do those three things, but like I'm a rock star because I did four things today. And I pulled the clothes out of the dryer. So see, winning. <laughs> see? <Totally> winning. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Make a list. I'm telling you it's, it's game changer. Yep. Okay. Um, oh, I pulled a couple comments. Uh, I didn't try hard enough to breastfeed, right? Who, who says what was hard, yeah. trying hard enough? That's not a real finish line. Right. Or I could be doing more than I am. Yeah. Those are I know that that is a huge one. That is something I'm super passionate about. I have talked about this so many times about formula because I feed my baby formula right now. So am I a terrible mother? I don't think I'm a terrible mother. But because people in society sometimes make you feel that way, I know that so many people on here who feed their baby formula feel ashamed, feel embarrassed, feel like they're a terrible mother because they feed their baby formula. Can you kind of talk about that for a minute? Yeah. So I noticed you said people in society kind of make you feel bad for feeding formula, right? Yes. So notice that nobody they in don't society, make you feel that way. they can make you feel anything. It's your own thoughts about what you're doing as a mom that will make you feel good or bad, right? If yep. you decide, which you have, that sometimes good moms feed their babies formula, then that's true. Because I'm a better mom when I feed my baby formula totally. than when I'm trying to breastfeed. I have learned. Right. So you can't just take what they out there in the world say because, one, mm -hmm. there's no agreement in the world. Like, there's no right way to do things that could be scientifically proven right. that is best for everyone. Right? Yep. The best way is the way that works for you. Yes. And there again, as the supervisor, you get to decide what that is. And that this kind of leads me into the next thing that I want to talk about. I want to talk about guilt as an alarm clock. 
because sometimes guilt is useful. Like I think there's a point sometimes to feeling guilt and that would be like, um, to alert you that maybe something that's going on is contradicting something that you value. So for example, like when I was young, I used to get my sister to come over and watch my babies like three times a week while I went to the gym. And every time as I was driving away, I would just feel so guilty because, you know, somebody was always in the separation anxiety phase and they would cry when I left. And so I would drive away feeling so guilty. Kate, that guilt was serving as an alarm to say, hey, you might want to take a look at this because there appears to be a conflict here. Like you really value your kids feeling loved and secure and safe, right? So that's one thing I valued, but I also valued taking care of myself so that I could be the best mom and so that I could be the best for myself and for my husband and for my kids. So my, that guilt was serving to say, Hey, there's something, something that could be a conflict here. So then it's my job as the supervisor to figure out what those two things are. And I, I identified, okay, I value my kids feeling loved and safe and being a good mom and being there for them. I also value taking care of myself. Is there a conflict here? Cause my brain's telling me there is. And then I got to decide, No, there's actually not a conflict. If I go to the gym three times a week, that does not mean that my children are not safe or loved or... Yeah, you don't just stop loving your kids because you go to the gym. It's like, when you think about it, you're like, that is kind of crazy that my brain tells me that. Right. I just had to do the job of taking a look at it and then making that decision. And I decided, okay, so there's actually not a conflict. So at that point, I, I get to turn off the alarm, right? The guilt has served its purpose it has alerted me. I've made a very informed and conscious decision as the supervisor. And then I get to turn off the alarm. I get to say, thank you, brain, for that information. I took a good look at it. You did your job. And now your job is done. Thank you. And you turn off the alarm, which again, takes some practice. Yeah, it does take practice. And then also inserting thoughts that are helpful. Maybe you're going to go into that later. But once you turn the alarm off, it's helpful to replace those, you know, guilty thoughts with yeah thoughts that will serve you and will give you the feelings that you want to feel. So can you think of some of those that would have been really good for you? Well, just one in general, I'm a better mom when I take care of myself. So I'm going to take this time to take care of myself so that I can come home and be the best version of me for my kids. Yeah. And then that, that kind of makes me feel proud of myself for going to the gym instead of guilty for going to the gym. Like, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to do this so that I can be the best mom that I can be. Totally. So, yep. that's like- so sometimes, sometimes the guilt alarm alerts us to something that maybe we do want to change. Like one that I, that I have been dealing with, you know, as I, in the last few years is I really value eating healthy and taking care of my body. And I also really value cookies. <laughs> I love them so much. <laughs> Same. So I am eating cookies and feeling so guilty about it. And that's my alarm telling me, okay, wait, you, you say that you value eating healthy and here you're doing this thing. (laughs) I see a conflict here. Right. So then it's my job to look at that and say, okay, you're right. There is a conflict here. So here's what I'm going to do about it. I'm going to make a decision here. What I've decided, I'm only going to eat cookies on Fridays because I value that self-control. Right. I value them too much to give them up completely. Right. So on my date night with my husband, we usually get cookies on the way home. And that's what I've decided to do about it. And now when I eat cookies on Friday, if my brain tries to say, "Uh, you should feel guilty because you should be eating healthy. I'm like, 
yeah, remember we already talked about that and this is what I decided is the best balance. And so you're turned off. It's perfect. And that's that. And then you so, can feel good about it and enjoy the cookie absolutely. and not be like, Oh, I shouldn't be eating this. Right. You get to enjoy every bite. I made a very informed decision. And at that, you know, the guilt had served a purpose. Like it, it raised my awareness of that conflict. Right. You know, in my well, that kind of, I've been talking to my sister-in-law cause neither of us love cooking. And I don't know if it's just because when I cook, there is a baby on my hip. There's a toddler yelling at me. Someone <laughs> spills something. It's not fun. It is 0% fun for me. And so I just don't enjoy it. And my sister-in-law, same thing. And she's like, we were talking about this the other day and she kept saying how she feels guilty all the time because she wishes she woke up and made green smoothies and a hot warm breakfast for everybody and right. all this organic homemade dinner. And she's like, but that's just not realistic for me. And, but it's still, she still feels guilty about that because she values healthy eating but it's just not realistic. So how do you right. deal so with that? So that's a perfect scenario. Okay. So what are the two things that you value here? Or healthy, she values? She healthy, values eating. healthy eating. What's the other thing? I don't know. Well, making sure that her kids are eating healthy. I mean, I guess that's the same right. thing. That's, this, that's still on this side. The other thing she values oh. is, is her own mental health. Yes. Like, right. She hates that. Yeah, it, it feels very terrible when she's trying to force herself to do that. So yeah. those are both valid things to value. Yeah. So then she gets to take a look at it as the supervisor and say, okay, how can I, what do I want to do differently than what I'm doing? Maybe nothing. Yeah. Maybe the issue is there'll be a time and a season for green smoothies and it's not right now. Yep. Maybe then, when the kids are out of the house and nobody's yelling at you, <laughs> yelling at you while right. you're cooking, that may be a good time. If they're capable of like changing their own clothes in the morning and you know, yep. it'll be a totally different story. Yeah, that's so, true. But then she's, she's taken a look at it and made the decision. And now I give her and everyone else permission to just turn off that alarm. Yeah. If it's done its job and you've decided what you're going to decide, then you don't have to feel guilty. Perfect. I love that. Okay. Um, Sorry, go ahead. I, I was just going to say there was a lot of people that were feeling guilty about the work issue. Yes, like yes. Like they're going to work even Talk because about they that. have to for the money. Like they value providing for their family and yes. they value staying home with their kids. It's, so then yes. the answer is going to be different for every person, right? They might look at it and say, okay, I do want to do something different. I think I can, I think we can get by with me cutting my hours. Or I think we can get by with me doing something from home. Or a lot of people feel guilty because they want to work because it feels good to them and they value staying home with their kids. And so they get to decide. Maybe they want to keep working and just deciding that that's their way to be the best mom. And nobody knows that but you for yourself and your family. And if that's what they decide, then they get to turn off the alarm. Maybe they decide, okay, you know what? Maybe I want to learn how to love staying home with my kids and then I'll go back to work when they're in school. That's also totally an option. It would take, it takes work to learn those skills too. Just like any skill, it takes yeah. work to learn how to enjoy being home with your kids. Everybody gets to choose that for themselves. And then once you make the decision, give yourself the, the benefit of turning off the alarm. Because imagine if the alarm in your kitchen was going off nonstop, it would either make you insane Crazy. and you would lose your mind, <laughs> or you would learn how to completely tune it out. Yeah. Right. So if we have this guilt alarm going off in our minds all the time, either we're going to go crazy or we're going to learn how to tune it out. And we don't, we don't want to totally tune out guilt because we do yeah. want it to alert us if there's a conflict. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. 
but you need to address it. I, that is something that I've kind of been dealing with. I, I'm on the other side because I have the tools that you've given me, but with sleep consulting with everything I'm trying to work on right now, I'm working on different pro projects and everything. I got to a point where I told my husband, I'm doing neither things well. I'm trying to work and I'm trying to take care of my kids at the same time. And because of that, both sides are getting half of me and it's not fair to anyone. I feel very like called and inspired to help moms, you know, teach their babies to sleep and to, you know, feel empowered that they're capable of teaching their babies how to sleep. But I also have four little babies at home that need me. So yeah. I've just been t so torn. And so I finally decided my husband had talked about it and now we hire a babysitter twice a week. She comes for two, maybe three hours where I can just sit down and work and then I'm focused and she's with them. And then when I'm not working, I can put away my phone and be with them. And that has been life-changing for me, uh -huh. but I had to give myself permission because I was like, well, I don't really want to pay a babysitter because I'm, I'm here. I'm capable of taking care of them. Like, you know, but we got to a point where I just wanted to be all in whatever I was doing. And in order to do that, we decided to hire someone twice a week and it's been the best thing for us. And I gave myself permission to do that, that it's okay. But I still love my kids just because I'm taking a couple hours away from them. And I still yeah. love, you know, all the people who are here just because I put my phone down and be with my kids. Like it so doesn't change goodness, my feelings. Thank goodness for that alarm though, that came up and said, mm -hmm. Hey, wait a second, something is off here. And that gave you the chance to look at it and say, you know what? I bet we can find a way to do both. I yep. bet there doesn't have to be a conflict. And then I love the way you said that I gave myself permission because not everybody knows that you can give yourself permission to just not feel guilty. Right. To decide what's best for your family and then just go with that. Just do it. Cause no one's putting yeah. me a time out for it. Like I'm not, I'm not in trouble. <laughs> and if they did, that would actually probably be great. <laughs> I'd accept a timeout. Yes, please. I have to go to a quiet room. Sure. Yeah. <sighs> So yes. that's been so great for me. Um, I can ask if anyone wants to start rolling in questions, unless do you have something else or do you want to start answering questions? No, right I'm, now? Yeah, I'm ready for questions. That'd be great. Okay. Let's let, let's let the questions roll in. And while they're rolling in, I'll read them as they come. Um, do you want to talk about how people can find you after this and they can kind of write it down while the questions are rolling in? Yeah, sure. So you can find me on Instagram, Christy Davis coaching. And um, I have a worksheet actually about this guilt alarm thing that kind of walks you through the process and asks you questions about the things you con that feel conflicting to you about what your values are, and then just kind of walks you through that process of how to analyze and then turn off the alarm. So I would be happy to give that to anyone who wants it. Just come find me on Instagram and you can DM me and I will send it to you. That's really so perfect. I, I love that. I after every session I did with Christy, she would send me a worksheet and I would always print it out and work on it. And like I said, I have to have things written down. Uh -huh. Otherwise it doesn't work for me. I couldn't just read through the questions and answer them in my head. And she held me accountable. She would ask me, did you do your worksheet and what are your answers? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes that's so important great. to have a follow-up buddy. Yes. Okay. I'm trying to read through here and see if there's any questions rolling in. I feel like because you um, address so many of the comments, the other day maybe you answered everything that everyone has because I don't I don't see any questions you were just that so informative everybody is gonna go home and do this and I know feel guilty anymore okay this is your last chance because I know that Christy has you have a coaching call soon yes I so do. if you have a question <laughs> ask it now okay 
Here's one. I have guilt about my toddler feeling left out. I just had a baby. That was a common one too. And I had so much guilt around this too. Okay. That's why going from two babies was way harder going from one to two than two to three, because two to three, the older two could play and I didn't feel as guilty, but going from one to two rocked my world. Okay. So did you tell me what first, what you did about that? Like, what did your brain come up with? Well, I didn't have you at the time. So a lot of bad things. (laughs) (laughs) I was a terrible mom. And that was part of I was in postpartum depression. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I overproduced. So milk was shooting everywhere. And I couldn't help my toddler. I could it was just it was a nightmare. And I just cried and cried and cried. That's all I did. I cried. Yeah. So I didn't know what to do besides cry. Okay. So first of all, your brain is telling you when this happens, that something is going terribly wrong, that you're doing it wrong, right? If your two-year-old feels left out because you're holding the baby, your brain is telling you that that's a problem. But what if it, what if that's not true? Because many people in the world have had younger siblings come into their family, right? Most and they people. have felt... Most people in the world yeah, (laughs) and they have felt left out and they have not had a hundred percent of their mother's attention at all times. Mm -hmm. And guess what? That's actually best for them, right? A child who grows up having a hundred percent of their mother's attention all of the time would grow up to be really spoiled. And so it is, I know it's hard to watch your toddler feel sad or feel left out. Especially because there's usually a regression during that time. The toddler acts Mm -hmm. out if they're potty trained, they start, in their pants they start doing things to get your attention because it is a transition period for them but that's not your fault you're not doing anything wrong no and it's not necessarily bad it might mm-hmm. it might be harder for but a it's normal while, yeah but it's very normal it's it's just part of the process mm-hmm. and so once we can get that in our minds that just because hard things happen it doesn't mean anything like what are we we're making that mean that we're doing something wrong and that's not true So that's the really big first step is to realize that this is all normal. And it's okay if your toddler feels sad sometimes. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that you're not a good mom because they're a human and just like you are, and they're supposed to learn how to feel all the emotions. And so they're just practicing learning to feel these emotions and that's okay. Perfect. And I'm trying to think of what thoughts I would replace during, like now that I have the tools, Um, if my toddler, you know, wet her pants or was throwing a fit or something while I was trying to take care of my baby. Some thoughts that I would, you know, maybe change in my mind, I would probably say things like this is a perfect opportunity for her to learn independence. This is a perfect opportunity to learn to entertain herself. This is a perfect opportunity to learn to take deep breaths and to learn when she is feeling all these feelings, it's okay to cry. It's okay to take deep breaths and calm down, you know, and just kind of tell myself all these things that she's going through are going to serve her later in life. Because, hello, Which have any 100% of you... percent true. Yeah. Have any of you ever felt sad? Yes. And it's okay to feel sad and to learn those. Like, oh, I see you're feeling sad right now. And then she can label that emotion. Take it as a teaching opportunity instead of a guilt trip opportunity. Totally. That's a great way to say it. Because this so. is a perfect way to model, you know, yeah, I see you feel sad. Mommy feels sad sometimes, too. Yeah. This is what I do when I feel sad sometimes. Yeah, you know? I take deep breaths or I go get an animal from my bed and I snuggle or I like to lay down with a blanket or I like to get a cold drink of water or, you know, mm-hmm. just things that help you might teach your toddler how they can help themselves when they're sad. Yeah. So 
that's just that's it's such fun. a normal normal thing yeah. that people face and you're doing nothing wrong that's I think that that's an important thought too is I'm doing nothing wrong right in fact I'm doing something this is going exactly like it's supposed to go yep this yes. really is how it goes yes I agree I agree and that's I just tied to sleep training too is like when people say like, Oh, I can't let my baby cry for two, two minutes. And I'm like, okay, but they're going to face all kinds of emotions in their life. If they're crying in their car seat, are you going to get them out? Cause they're crying? No. Cause they need to be safe. Like right. it's okay for us to experience all these different emotions. It helps us throughout our entire life to regulate these emotions. Yeah. It's a perfect time to start learning it. Yes. Um, okay. This is actually something I was going to ask you. So I'm glad somebody asked this because I wanted you to kind of talk about it. Somebody said, what does LDS mean? I know that in your profile, it says mm -hmm. LDS coach. And I know that not everybody is LDS. And yes. so I wanted you to talk about, do you only coach people who are LDS or are you open to coaching anyone? I mean, I know your answer to this, but just... yeah, yeah, that's a great question. So LDS is a short acronym for a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints which is a mouthful, which is why it gets short. Yes. Often. <laughs> Would it fit so, on the profile? Right. So no, the answer is no, I'm, that's not the only people I coach. In fact, probably I'd say a third of my clients right now are not members of the church. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times members of the church are looking for somebody who understands their unique language and culture. Mm -hmm. And so I want people to know that I am qualified to speak in that language. And I okay. do a lot. In fact, in my podcast, sometimes my church culture language will sneak in and seep through. So I just kind of want people to know that. And if they're uncomfortable with that, then I might not be the right coach for you. But right. I'm certainly not, I'm certainly not like teaching religion or anything right. like that. On my coaching calls. <laughs> You're right. Okay. No, that's a perfect way to describe it. Like you have, you have that knowledge in case someone wants yes. that extra tool for you. Yeah. Okay. Um, this person asked this question. And again, this is something I'm so passionate about. And we kind of talked about it a little, um, but I feel the guilt to stop breastfeeding. I'm afraid that my baby will take it as rejection in an emotional way. Okay. That makes me want to start crying. Okay. Okay. Is it true? Absolutely is it, not. Is it true that your baby will take that as a rejection? Okay. This is a very extreme scenario. And this is what my husband told me one time because and I don't even know if I should share this because it's pretty extreme, but he's like, what if something happened to you? What if something happened to you? You were in the hospital. You were unable to breastfeed our baby. Would our baby still be loved? Absolutely. There's Absolutely. No There's yeah. no question. Would that mean that you are rejecting your baby? Absolutely not circumstances and again that's an extreme situation but sometimes my husband will give me an extreme situation to be like oh yeah okay this isn't that big of a deal that's a great way to share that because it helps us really really step back from really a step back like, okay yeah that and like in that scenario it's pretty obvious right it's yeah and like okay so you're in the hospital true. and you then you come back you know after you're healed and everything like you still love your baby that doesn't change anything so that's an extreme situation but that's and even if your baby cries about it, it doesn't mean that they're going to be scarred for life. I mean, babies yeah. want exactly what they want, exactly when they want it. Mm -hmm. That's very normal. And, and crying is their the process, only way to communicate. Yes. And part of the process of learning to grow up and is figuring out how to deal with emotions. Like I have a granddaughter who is a year and a half 
and she wants like if you don't give her exactly what she wants right when she wants it she has this ear piercing high pitched scream and i just have to laugh because yeah i know exactly how she feels i feel that way too sometimes right that's part of being a human is you've got to figure out what to do with emotions and so if your baby cries and is sad because they don't get a, the breast exactly when they want it in the beginning that's okay it's okay like, none of us are, none of us are scarred and I will tell you personally from me, I have four kids, okay? Pumped, breastfed, formula, formula, because these two rocked my world. Mm-hmm. They all love me. I promise. <laughs> None of them are scarred. None of them have Not trying to be conceited about it, but I promise they love nice. me. None of them are scarred. They know how loved they are. And I can actually bond more with my baby because when I was breastfeeding, Like I said, milk shooting everywhere, beach towels everywhere. It was a nightmare, (laughs) soaked beach towels. Okay, so I'm trying to nurse my baby and wipe milk off of his face and off of the couch. And I'm crying. He's crying. It was a nightmare. And when I switched to formula, I put the bottle in his mouth and I was like, oh, my gosh, you're so cute. And I could just look at him and bond with him instead of trying to stop all the milk. So. I felt like personally for me, I was able to bond way more with my baby when I made that switch because my mental state changed. Yeah. So, it's- yeah. So this is just a perfect example of challenging that, that thought that your brain's offering you. It's telling you your baby might think this is a rejection and you can just say, that's not true. Yeah. So then, so then what is true? You know, well, it's true that I'm going to be able to bond better with my baby or whatever it is that's true for you. Yeah. Find something else that's true that's positive, that's going to make you feel better. And why do you want to stop? Is it because your mental health is at stake? Like that is a reason enough to stop or you just don't want to, or you're not producing enough or you're overproducing, like whatever it is, turn that into a truth. Like if I stop this, I will no longer be in pain. If I stop this, I will be mentally stable. Like, you know, talk about the benefits if that's what you're wanting to do. Um, Someone just said, I remember my pediatrician saying when I had to stop nursing that no one will know at high school graduation which kid was formula fed and which one was breastfed. Even when they start kindergarten. Even when they start kindergarten or preschool, you know, like, like I said, all of my babies. Yeah, (laughs) it does not qualify you. So if you are breastfeeding, it's going well for you. That is great. Keep it going as long as you want to. But if you don't want to, like your kid's still going to go to kindergarten and turn out just fine. And they're still going to feel loved. I promise. I promise. I promise. They don't. Yeah. I like the way you say, I've heard you say fed is best. Yes. Which I fed. Love. And I mean, you're feeding your baby. Yep. You're keeping your baby alive. You're winning. You're winning. You're giving them the nutrition they need. <laughs> okay. Let me see if there's any more questions rolling in. I just, I know that that, um, the guilt with the breastfeeding is a huge, huge. Yeah. Oh, someone said this made me feel so much better. I, this, that's all I want out of this. I just want. I just want people to make sure that they know they're not alone in this. I was telling my husband this morning, if I can help some of those mamas find relief and develop the tools, especially right now when your kids are little, if you can learn how to turn off your guilt alarm and Mm -hmm. not drag that around with you for your whole mothering journey, that'd be so great. Oh, and like, I, I didn't find you until I had already had three kids. So I was like pretty deep, but if, if you guys have, one baby or you're just starting out like this will change your motherhood it will change your motherhood it'll change your life i can't talk about christy too much because i will start crying (laughs) i have already (laughs) cried on here when i've talked about you (laughs) so 
Well, she you're the best. It's, your so, life. it's so rewarding for me to watch people go from where you were to where you are now. Like it's, and, it's, and it's happened for me too. You know, it's so rewarding for me to so much more rewarding for me in my own motherhood to apply these tools and just yeah. enjoy it so much more. And Chrissy has teenagers. So you better believe I'm going to be coming to you with my teenagers so so are grown because I'm terrified. <laughs> Give me all the babies. But I'm terrified of teenagers. Well, let me just set your mind at ease and tell you that teenagers are actually really fun, especially when you have the tools. They're really fun. That's true. If you have the tools, mm -hmm. but I will be coming to you. <laughs> but I'll be here too. Okay, good. Good. Because I'll need you. I know I will. Okay. I think that you answered all the questions and I just, I'm going to say this again so people who missed it can watch it, but I just want to reiterate if you go to Christy's Instagram, it's at Christy Davis coaching, C-H-R-I-S-T-I, Christy Davis coaching, DM her and she is going to send you, will you explain one more time what it is that you're going to send them the work? Yeah. So the worksheet is called the guilt alarm. So it just walks okay. you through that process of how to analyze, how to figure out what the two things are that you value that are in conflict and then decide what you want to do about it and then turn off that alarm. Perfect. Walks you through that process. So if you DM me, I will send you the worksheet. Christy, you are amazing. Hey. And if you guys need an actual hey. life coach like I did, Christy's your girl. She will change your life forever. So hey. it was hey. so fun. It was Thanks so fun. Me. Thanks so much for being here, Christy. My pleasure. So good we'll to see you. you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Okay. If you want to learn more about the resources I have to offer, head to thesleepfairyway.com or follow me on Instagram at the underscore sleepfairy. Thanks again for listening and I'll see you next time.